This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. Hi folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, if you have legal matters that involve firearms, then you need to call Attorney John Dillon. If you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. It is Saturday. Got a full house. Oh, yeah. We got a full house. Before we get cranking, though, this Saturday, everybody, uh, grand opening for American Shooters. Brand new gun shop out in El Cajon. Uh, it's June, or, uh, January 15th, this Saturday, pretty much all day, 10 to like 2, something like that. There'll be some food and drinks and guns and ammo, and San Diego County Gun Owners going to have a booth out there, and you'll see all kinds of like-minded, cool people. Um, so come on out. It's in El Cajon on Graves over by the, uh, the Greek Chicken Place off the 67. And uh, that's American Shooters for more information on that. Really, for more information on that, what you should do is sign up for your San Diego County Gun Owners weekly email because uh, we're going to send out uh, an announcement on that. And that's uh, um, that's uh, Mark's place. Right. Mark Halcon. Yep. He's one of our sponsors. And so what time on Saturday? All day. Uh, I think we're going to kick things off at 10, but uh, you know, 10 to like 2, 3, something like mm-hmm. that. So uh, um, all day. All day. Uh, whatever you're doing, you know, you know, if you're going to Bed Bath & Beyond, if there's time, I don't know if there will be time, but if you're going... On Saturday to Bed Bath and Beyond, <laughs> make time to come to American. Or Church. maybe Antonelli's, which is right over there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a good idea. You ever been to Antonelli's? Yeah, have I? It's right there, dude. There's like a lot of good places. There's you that sh- that breakfast spot right there. Uh, Cafe Sixty Seven. The Cafe Sixty Seven. Yeah. Oh, no, you- the uh, Breakfast House is the breakfast spot that's right there. The Breakfast House, yeah. Yeah. and then the Greek Chicken. Oh, place. the Ranch Ranch House. Ranch House is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We should just do a food tour. Yeah, then. why don't we just do a food tour? Every yeah, every <laughs> East County breakfast. <laughs> yeah, the East County breakfast tour. Yeah, there I we like go. It. We could start our own show. Yeah. So we got a big full house. Action Jackson, you're back. How you doing, buddy? Good. Did you miss us? Very much. <laughs> All right, cool. We missed you too. And then we have Amy Dillon. How are you? I'm good. Glad to be back. Fantastic. And Shaky Dave. What's up? Hey, how you doing? Good. 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 Um, of course, Joe. Of course, Joe. Of course, Joe. Of course, Joe. <clears throat> and uh, and the whole cr- and the whole crew and the whole crew. We have Melissa coming up. We have a really cool guest uh, later in the show. It's really a, a pretty full show. We got a lot going on. Uh, NRA. You may have seen San Diego County gun owners on KUSI talking about how the NRA filed a lawsuit um, that has to do with uh, gun owners' privacy. Really? Yeah. They uh, the NRA. I know the NRA. Um, you know, you have to give all this information when you register a gun in California. Uh, really personal information, like your social security number right. and your address. And, you know, um, uh, and, and okay, fine. We have to give that to the government in order to exercise our right to keep and bear arms. 
Well, they're, they just passed a law, California, that allows them to take that information and pretty much give it to just, just about anybody. Really? Yeah. Really what it's designed to do, or what they say it's designed to do, is they want to give that information to uh, universities so that they can study uh, uh, the gun violence, basically, is what they're, what they're saying. Yeah, but that opens it up to any, uh, can I say left-wing, uh, any anti-gun anybody. organization that says they're studying gun violence. It, anybody. Anybody, any anti-gun, any right-wing, left-wing, any anybody. Anybody that, that wants that information, it pretty much opens it up. Say you're a criminal and you want to go to somebody's house, you want to make sure that you can steal a gun there. All right, well, first let's check the database and see who does and doesn't have a gun. You know, it's surprising, too, that, that the NRA brought that. I mean, I, I would have thought that there were more local groups maybe that would have been run, you know, the ones that, that typically go after lawsuits and do that kind of thing. Because you would think that would be a big deal out here in uh, California. I know uh, FPC was looking at it. We were looking at it. Um, I I'm, I'm honestly don't have, like, the inside scoop as to what why the NRA uh, did it as opposed to other. I think they might have just beat everybody to the punch, but – in any case, we're all on the same team, and I, I invite them into the fight. You know, it's about time they filed another lawsuit out here. Well, no, and it's great because because yeah. uh, uh, those bad ideas start here and they spread like a cancer. So it's good that they uh, that they jumped in here. Yeah, so very very happy about that. Um, of course, it's going to take millions of dollars and many many years, just like every lawsuit. <clears throat> um, but uh, support the groups that are supporting you. And then we talked a couple of weeks ago about Gavin Newsom. Saying, "Hey, we're gonna we want to basically cut and paste that abortion law in, in Texas, mm-hmm. but apply it against gun owners, right? You know, yeah. so basically, so that uh, people can sue gun manufacturers, yeah, for not for like you know, hey, you you uh, you know, you made this gun improperly or you made it unsafe, right? You know, you just made it, yeah, you were negligent, right. you just made it, and some criminal decided decided to use it, you know." A hundred thousand people bought this gun and used it to defend themselves. One person bought that gun and used it to, you know, rob a bank. Therefore, we get to sue the manufacturer sure. out of existence. Now, the, the the reason for this is absolutely there's there, it's not they're not pure of heart at all. This isn't uh, you know the same as well. Gee, you can sue a uh, you know a car manufacturer. You know, um, this isn't there, there's no there's no equivalent. This is purely trying to bully gun manufacturers out of existence. How to try to bankrupt? Well, them they're going to see if it'll stick. That's all. Yeah, they and, don't know. They just well, let's throw this against the wall and see what happens. And it is illegal. Um, there are laws against this already. Sure. So weren't you saying, Michael? Though you were saying he's uh, he was basing that on the ruling from the Texas abortion case, which yeah. I thought you were saying last week. Because I'm not I'm not exactly clear on that ruling but you were saying that the ruling on that case is not what he's trying to utilize or is not not valid i guess to utilize the way he's trying to utilize it yeah well, i don't think so because basically you know it's 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 apples and oranges you know he's he's taking this this abortion law in texas and he's using it so that that uh victims of a, of a crime can sue a gun manufacturer um you know, who's the manufacturer? There's not an abortion manufacturer. Mm-mm. You know, it's not. It's, it's apples and oranges. They're, they're basically saying, "Hey, um, you know, we're, we just want to." And originally, I thought they were just trying to make a point, but they've actually put this law in writing, and they're they're proposing it. So Sacramento is probably going to approve this thing. It's probably going to pass, just like all the other anti-gun laws. Um, but it doesn't quite 
you know, match up. It doesn't really make any sense. Well, it's like you said a few minutes ago, though. They, they probably understand that perfectly, but they know it's going to be years, uh, you know, before that, that gets challenged, it goes through the court system, and anything happens about it. And in the meantime, it's in it's in effect, right? Just like a lot of the gun laws. Uh, unless we get an injunction. And it's really, you know, I, I th- it's honestly they're, they're running out of ideas. <laughs> they've, they've enacted so many horrible gun laws in California that they're running out of ideas that even, you know, are in the realm of, of sane. You know? throwing it, throwing it against the wall to see if it'll stick. Exactly. Well, and that's an old idea, though, right? Because that's been tried before to be able to sue gun manufacturers. And I thought Congress Congress passed a law a while ago that they're trying to get overturned now, right? That protects um, gun manufacturers from that kind of lawsuit when people misuse their um, their uh, products. I guess. Is yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, this year at Gun Prom, if you were at Gun Prom, we gave a lifetime achievement award to an attorney here locally in San Diego who was a part of that case. Uh, basically. You know, it, it comes down to negligence. If 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 a company, if a manufacturer makes a product and they made it so that the when you're using it, in, you know, for for a nor, for a you know regular reason, for a normal for the way it was designed, you're you're not using it in some extreme or weird way, and it's unsafe, you know, uh, you know, it, it hurts you, something like that. Okay, fine, sue them. They were negligent. But if you're just taking a, man, a, a, a product that was manufactured and using it improperly, like to commit a crime, it's not the manufacturer's fault. Nope. All right, hey, folks, don't touch that dial. Uh, Amy Dillon and Shaky Day will be back with us on the next segment right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. So Amy Dillon and Shaky Dave Smith are back in studio. We're going to catch up with them next. But first, self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and there is no guarantee that the justice system will be on your side. Make sure you are protected for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Listen, listeners get a free T-shirt when you use the code GUNOWNERSRADIO. Sign up today. Go to the USLawShield.com. All right. So we're back. So uh, Amy Dillon and Shaky Dave, welcome back. Thank you for having us. It's glad to be, I'm glad to be back. Yeah, good to be here. So, yeah, you guys were here a while ago, and none of us could remember, <laughs> including <laughs> you guys, uh, how long ago that was. Do you remember, Dave? Years. No, it wasn't. Uh, we, had it, no, we got it, it narrowed was, down to a year. Uh, it was maybe like, six months to yeah, a maybe year six, ago. Yeah, six months. You know, time flies when you're having fun. Exactly. So, I blame it on Parkinson's. So. <laughs> hey, you can't use that as an excuse. Everything. That has nothing. Memory's <laughs> supposed to be good with Parkinson's. So in case there was one or two other listeners that couldn't remember that, why don't you guys recap just exactly your background, Dave? And uh, who Amy? you are, what you are, and what you do. There we go. Sure. Um, uh, so I'm Amy Dillon. I'm a, a Marine Corps veteran, firearms instructor. Um, I'm a podcast co-host for the uh, Polite Society podcast powered by the Second Amendment Foundation. I'm also a writer um, consultant, 
uh, brand advocate for multiple brands in the firearms industry. And I'm also a, more recently, I've taken on the title as TV show producer. Wow. And uh, I'm not busy at all. <laughs> yeah. She does all the work. But uh, yeah, I shoot guns and uh, shoot for F1 firearms. Uh, a couple of years ago, I went to Sweden for the world rifle match. And a few years before that, I was homebound and shot my way out uh, with uh, gun therapy, uh, shooting basically basically my light switches and stuff with laser trainer and uh, just trying to do more of that uh, to help with my Parkinson's. So uh, people don't realize because they can't see through radio, <laughs> but you do have Parkinson's, but when you shoot, your Parkinson's just basically goes away, the shakiness? Yes, it's, uh, I think it's the dopamine. It's just right. what I'm lacking with Parkinson's. Uh, just get a little shot of that. Interesting. So, and, and you're able to do that too, because the um, the theme, I guess, this month here is talking to new gun owners. So that's what we wanted to talk, or non-gun owners. I'm sorry, and uh, that's what we wanted to talk to you guys about, at least to start off here, anyway. So, like Amy and the stuff that you do, being an instructor and then an industry rep and all that stuff. What's um, your experience lately with uh, interacting with non-gun owners? Um, well, I'd say probably in the last two years, and of course, you know anyone who is in the industry knows that there is a big increase in interest in guns and how to shoot, um, in getting instruction, learning, or learning just even how I had one, my, a cousin of mine this morning ask me, how do I buy a gun? You know, I'm here in San Diego County. I don't know what to do. Um, so I think that because of everything that's happened in the last few years, more people are realizing that it's on them, um, to take their, self take their defense into their own hands and are just looking for you know way you know the different things i guess that, that are available the different tools that are available to them for self-defense and that includes a firearm well you know and it's interesting too if you're a non-gun owner if you don't have family members or friends or somebody that's into it and you're completely not involved and then you decide you know you for some reason want to do it or you get curious about it or something it's you know I, it's like where do you start because they've the things that they've heard, you know, and most of it's so bad. We just, I'm going to talk about women on target here in a couple of segments. And, um, you know, it's all new women with that, that don't shoot or don't have any experience with that. And it's really interesting, you know, seeing some of the, um, the reactions or some of the ideas and things like that, that they have, cause they just don't know. And as gun owners, it's a good, it's a good opportunity to interact with them. And well, I'll go ahead. Oh, uh, well, no, well, I, I think, um, you know, we all have to remember that, you know, I don't know. I don't know how many uh, years everyone in this room has been um, using firearms and in you know practicing and, and whatnot. But we have to remember. I just started that, last week. <laughs> <laughs> we have to remember that at one point, you know, we were beginners too. And so, anytime I have someone that asks me, uh, you know, I see that they're in, they're interested in firearms, I try to remember that they don't know anything. So I can't talk to them about auto, you know, uh, shotgun versus handgun versus rifle, um, the different intricacies involved when, when we're talking about, how, you know, even how to hold a gun, marksmanship, uh, you know, fundamentals and terms. They, they don't know any of that. So I try to, you know, listen to them at first. And, and really the number one thing I that I ask as an instructor is what's your purpose for wanting to know? Because then that helps me understand their drive, where they're coming from. And then I can start talking to them about home defense, um, personal carry, things like that. Okay. And Dave, do you have uh, experience with that too? Have you run into that lately? Oh yeah. Well, you know, of course I'm the shakiest guy in the room most of the time. And then nobody really, uh, you know, 
comes up to me would start or, you know, hey, what about your firearm experience or anything? So I have to, you know, kind of put it out there and, and be, uh, you know, just kind of not aggressive, just kind of be out there with it. And, uh, you know, if someone talks to me and, you know, just respond back as, you know, someone that's, uh, you know, just as a, I'm experienced, you know. Yeah, Dave. Dave's a really great advocate for speaking to people that don't believe people with disabilities can even safely handle firearms. I shot 125,000 rounds two years, the last two years, without any mishap, I might add. So, <laughs> but, so. All right. Well, yeah, that's a great, How many rounds? great record, too. 125,000 rounds over two years. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that's my first thought, too, Dave. That's a lot of money. <laughs> And that's why you need a sponsor. Like, that's why, uh, that's why he has the same and, shirt on uh, that he had on last right. time we seen him. <laughs> and, and you were talking about, Amy, about introducing the concept of self-defense with non-gun owners. How does that go? So, you know, it's, it's interesting because the, I, I want to say probably 80% of the time when someone asks about using a gun and, and learning wh- you know, where, they can, uh, where they can learn to shoot, I found just in my personal experience that it's because there's been an incident that's happened to that person or an incident has happened to someone they know. And that sparks the interest in talking about self-defense and using a firearm and how that comes into play. And then, of course, that goes into a whole conversation about use of force, justified use of force. Um, And then we talk about how that's different depending on, you know, district, city, state. Um, So it, it really becomes a just a full-blown conversation about guns in general and how it applies legally. Amy, it feels like, to me, over the last couple of years, maybe since the beginning of COVID, um, it feels like self-defense has become the number one reason. Whereas I think there was like, you know, a lot of people, it was, it was it just kind of seemed fun or maybe it was a hobby thing. But I don't know. Is that your experience in the last couple of years? But I'd say, again, since the beginning of COVID, the majority of people who are coming out and learning how to, you know, fire a gun for the first time, it is very purpose driven and that purpose is self defense. Are you seeing that as well? Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, you know, if for someone who's not in the industry, um, maybe they look at guns as maybe something recreational for target practice, for example. But I think that things that have happened in the last few years, you know, with, with protests, unrest, um, you know, all the things we see in the news. And, and then even just seeing that we cannot rely on the government, people are starting to realize that. And it just starts putting the question in their head, okay, if I'm responsible for myself, what are my options in case A, B, or C happens? And I think, I think that that seed gets planted, you know, it's been planted somehow in the last few years for people that maybe unlike anyone in this room who've already thought about personal responsibility um they start you know seeking out answers to well how do i buy a gun and um where where do i learn to use it safely how do i even you know get my carry permit and and other questions i I, so i have seen that same um you know uh i think i guess what you've seen it seems and dave with having parkinson's it seems like and i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but it seems like you could almost take a you know take the tack of hey look I can do it with Parkinson's. You know, yeah. no, you, can't, you don't be intimidated by this. Anyone, well, you know, is that? Yeah, it's it, it's one of these things where, like, I'm defending myself against Parkinson's. Really, that's the way I look at things. Wow. And uh, you know, I have an involuntary movement. So yeah. everybody from academia, like universities, and you know, that I talk with, and uh, other groups, and you know, nonprofits with uh, 
Parkinson's foundations and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm talking to the whole gamut of people and, uh, they look at me like, you know, it's, it's like, it's Greek, (laughs) you know? So, uh, for me, it's, it's just with the Parkinson's it's amplified and they just think, you know, maybe I should just be sitting, you know, sitting around, you know, I'm one step away from going into a nursing home, basically, if I didn't have, you know, this kind of outlet. So you were explaining that to, to Joe and I in the, in the, uh, right before the show, it's really amazing. You were saying that, that when, when you practice it, 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 you get, you get real still, you get oh, real, yeah. you don't shake and, and it, it, you know, um, yeah, that's amazing. If so, I just talk about it sometimes, you know, it, it uh, steadies me out. So let me ask you this. Did you shoot before you got Parkinson? That's the number one question. Yes. <laughs> I grew up in a family that was shooters okay. as far as hunting. So you, you know, weren't afraid to shoot once you got, I mean, if you'd had Parkinson's first, I doubt you'd gone on to pick up a gun. Well, you know, I was sitting there in a uh, in a uh, homebound state, you know, and couldn't walk out to the mailbox is where I was mm. when I picked up a laser trainer and just started doing it, you know, mm-hmm. and I wasn't, I wasn't ready for like live firearm, I didn't think, but then lo and behold, it just steadied out. Hmm. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years and then I met uh, Amy and, you know, things are clicking. So <laughs> you and I are actually very, we're kind of the opposite, Dave. When I pick up a gun and start shooting competitively, that's when I start shaking. So it's kind of the, opposite. but, but it, it goes, it goes, you know, when you say that, then you're, you're, it's the neurological pathways in your brain. And that's what Dave's talking about essentially that allow you to still handle the gun safely, even though it, you're not really, you know, it, it all, it's almost like it's second nature. If yeah, you, you're not if thinking trained, about it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If you've trained enough and, and have done it so repeti- repetitively. But you yeah. guys, that, that's got to make both of you. You guys uh, are, are you know unique in your very very own ways uh, when it comes to gun ownership and shooting. Right. That's got to make you guys really, really important and effective ambassadors to people who've never shot a gun before. Boy, it's really got to mess up the left when he comes walking up, pulls out a gun, and hits the target. <laughs> that's a great thing. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio right here on FM. 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, does selling your home feel overwhelming? Well, it doesn't have to be that way. With Scott Vinson with Caldwell Banker Royal Realty, Scott Vinson is the perfect guide to help you sell or buy your home. Scott has uh, also been a San Diego County gun owner board member from the start. So if you're moving, let fellow Second Amendment supporter and real estate broker Scott Vinson help you sell your home and find your new home anywhere in the United States. Call him today at 619-948-2459. Tell them you heard about it on Gun Owners Radio. Give Scott a call, 619-948-2459, or go online to scottvinson.com. So we're talking to competitive shooters, Amy Dillon and Dave Smith, uh, mainly about how to talk to new shooters. 
and uh, uh, talking a little bit about your your background and experiences. Do you guys know? Do you guys know Action Jackson before the show today? I I had not, but I'm really glad to to meet him. Yeah. Do you see him? You ever see him on Instagram? I I have. Yeah. I figure maybe you guys, but you guys are about the same height. Now that I, think. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before. <laughs> well, you're a new shooter, aren't you, Jackson? Uh, yeah, sorta. I've been shooting for like a year and a half by now. A year and a half is actually in his life. That's not new anymore, is it? That's like I was gonna you know, say, it's like a quarter of his life yeah, right there. He's right? all done. <laughs> So, uh, so what's some advice if someone said to you, "Hey, you know what? My coworker, my buddy, my cousin's girlfriend's uncle, whatever, somebody in their life, you know, is maybe on the fence." I, I honestly, maybe, maybe you could weigh in on this before we even go there. Part of me kind of thinks that you know, if someone's anti-gun, like they're anti-gun, not on the fence, not thinking about it, but they're just anti-gun. I just, okay, and walk away and go find some lower hanging fruit. What do you, what do you guys, what do you guys think about that? You, you know, I, I used to, I used to think that way myself. Um, in fact, there was a, there was a period when I first started in this industry, just getting out of the military, mm-hmm. where um, I had just started doing firearms training, and I was almost embarrassed to tell people that I was a firearms instructor because when I used to tell, you know, people would ask, well, what do you do now that you're not in military? I'd say, oh, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a teacher essentially. And they'd think that I was referring to me being like a elementary yeah, or you kindergarten know, or whatever, whatever school yeah. teacher. And, and I would say, no, I, you know, I teach gun safety and I would get the anti-gunner types, you know, completely just shut down. I could tell that it wasn't a topic they were interested in. And I've had some people outright tell me, oh, I don't I don't like guns. And I've. You know, I, I probably shied away from the topic for the first year that I was doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then then I thought to myself, why don't I take this into a teach, make this a teachable moment? Um, so now when I encounter people that, you know, I, I get the anti-gunner stare, the shutdown, I can you can tell, um, you know, I just ask them, well, why are you? Why don't you like guns? And, and I start to have a conversation and I tell people, when, especially when you're engaging in a conversation with someone who is going to claim being anti-gun, if you're not willing to sit down at the table with them and listen to the reasons why they're anti-gun, then don't expect them to listen to you when you try to tell them why they shouldn't be. So I think just having the willingness to even sit down and talk to someone who claims to be anti-gun is the first step. They, they, yeah, there's a, a, what's the saying? They don't care what you know until they know that you care. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of what you're describing. And I just tell them it's medicinal. <laughs> Which <laughs> is <works>. true. That's <laughs> so, a fact. That's so that's a fact. Well, and I'd imagine, you know, when I tell people I, I, I'm a gun owner or I shoot guns, it's they're not exactly shocked, right? <laughs> oh, gee, another, you know, chubby white guy who, you know, you shoot guns, really? You know, and you drive a Jeep? No kidding. I'm a walking cliche. But when you when you tell them, I'm sure it's it's probably there's probably like a little bit of a, you know, surprise factor as well. There is. Yeah, I've, I've definitely um, received that reaction before uh, as well. I know you yeah. have. Oh, yeah. Especially, I mean. We've almost like had denial, you know, on when when people see me shaking and see me with, you know, a firearm shirt or you know, it's like, you know, they're they're all, you know, about sh- shut down the whole conversation. But probably worse when you start walking up to them with a hey, gun in your hand and that thing is hey, flying every which way. I tried to go to a gun range the other day in the same way. It was like <laughs> Hey, whoa, where are you think? Yeah, you're can going? you hold but, that trophy just I mean so can you hold not, that target? It's not limited to you know, just one group but you know, it's a good, it's a good starter for her to be there for me. And then, you know, at the same time, hey, 
You know, it is. Well, and it's good for it you, is too. Medicinal. Yeah, <laughs> for it me, is medicinal. Yeah. So it's my therapy. And, and you guys are uh, competitive shooters. What's coming up in 2022 for you guys? Oh, wait, wait. I have a better one than that. Oh, all right. Who's the better shooter? I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't well, going to cause it. Yeah, you were. You wanted to, you wanted to know. <laughs> I, I always uh, answer that I am. <laughs> and Dave is going to roll with that one, right? I go with the long shot better, but she's she's better. That's yeah. that's smart. I, that's a I'm smart sorry. man right there. I just I had to do it. We've, we've had some friendly competition between ourselves before. Yeah. And you, you've won a few, so I'll give him oh, that. Oh, he's Did won you hear few. that, Dave? This is live, so you got that on tape. So you're good. There you go. <laughs> is one, are one of you better at a different plat? Now you say you're, you're better at long distance. He's great at long range. Yeah. Pistol, pistol. You're better. Oh, at you're pistol? better at pistol. Long range pistol is. Uh, I grew up shooting long range, you know, to be, and uh, so now I'm I'm trying to shoot uh, past like 500 yards with a pistol. I'm shooting, you know, like 100 to 500 is is my what I love to do. So wow, it's not uh, with a pistol. Oh yeah, five hundred yards. If if you go on his Instagram um, at Parkinson Shooter, he's got videos of him shooting long range pistol. Well, you should see the pistol. You and I are not the same. <laughs> yeah, really. The pistol. My pistol would have to be about four hundred and fifty yards long. Hey, ten mil. For me. Ten mil is a great caliber. I'm wow. Just saying. So, wow, that's amazing. It okay. is. Well, here's a question: Have you ever have you ever been competing with her? And and you threw it just to, just to let her win. Oh, oh I would not no. want him to do that. <laughs> hey, I don't throw. You don't anything. have to answer that. No, <laughs> I don't throw anything. No, no. Luckily, no. we've 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 been uh, partners in these, uh, you know, like team matches. Uh, I haven't really had to shoot against her, so it's always benefited. Keep me. it that way; it'll be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So what's coming up in 2022? What do you guys? Because uh, I know competitions of I don't know. I think COVID kind of dried some of these competitions up, didn't they? Um, there's there's a there's a lot of local rangers that have been still putting on um, competitions. We've been traveling a lot lately, so we haven't really we didn't shoot all year com- any competitions except for the team match. Yeah, team but, match. Yeah, we we haven't set a schedule. We haven't looked at the uh, the 2022 schedule for us yet because we're still we're we're um, also still planning um, a gun therapy tour. Um, what does that look like? What's a gun therapy tour? <laughs> it's making people aware that there's a therapy out there that uh, involves guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, whoever, whether it's, you know, you're just lazy. I mean, it fixes that too. You just get out there and shoot and uh, enjoy, you know, uh, dopamine, which yes. uh, the dopamine release I get. So, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be partnering with ranges. Um, and we've got, we're, we're trying to do like uh, different parts of the country and then just hit up different cities while we're in that area. Um, so we're, and, and we're setting that up so for this reach year. Reach out to anybody or specifically people with Parkinson's? Or? It's, well, specific, so um, specifically, we would like to see people with Parkinson's come out to these events because we are trying to collect um, medical data to, to, to uh, support the clinical research and put gun therapy. Um, consistent with things like boxing for Parkinson's, which is a program, an official program uh, with the Parkinson's Foundation, and also um, like bike cycling. We we want it to be a recognized medical therapy that shooting um, recreationally does help someone with a neurological disorder. Wow, that's really fascinating. We have a laser shot simulator, and it keeps a, a track on everybody's performance and everything. So, laser shot simulator, uh, you know, and and it's real safe, safety trainer type 
uh, so, situation. Yeah, so for someone who has never shot a gun before, we we have um, you know non live fire like the laser trainer right. that he's talking about, and, have, and laser shot sponsors. Have you that. ever had anybody that has Parkinson's shoot and it didn't it didn't correct the problem? Um, well, or I wouldn't you? say it. I wouldn't say the the didn't correct it, but you know it's just going out there and having fun with it, and whether your skill is to here or there, no matter what type of shooter you are if you're a parkinson shooter right or you're a non-parkinson shooter you're always trying to get to that next level right. and it, you just need to have fun with it right well i was just thinking correct. you know if somebody had parkinson and you yeah. said look when i fire i goes totally you know i'm just solid yeah we, and we then he tries it or she tries it and it doesn't work we haven't run into someone who's come who we've spoken to um say that they've haven't shot you know a, a gun before um, and that has Parkinson's oh, okay. that wants to learn, but but we're open to that. That would be the search. Uh, that I would, would be, be that would be the search. Yes, but we yeah. we've had a lot of people because because um, <laughs> Dave's uh, with him having Parkinson's. We've had people with Parkinson's that have also shot guns or, or used to shoot guns reach out to him, and you know just want a conversation with him about mm -hmm. it. But we haven't encountered anyone yet that has Parkinson's, has never shot before, but wants to learn. And so that's kind of where I come in because I, you know, teaching someone with a disability, um, of course, we we want to adapt, you know, to whatever their, um, whatever challenges they, they have and, and teach them. Because just because someone has a disability, whether it's Parkinson's or whatever else, that doesn't mean that they shouldn't, um, they, they should be barred from learning. They should at least to, try. Exactly. Well, yeah. I was just wondering if, you know, he's, he, he's unique. And the fact that he has Parkinson, he fires and he goes he goes normal. Where what about a person that, that used to be a shooter, gets Parkinson, tries shooting and still can't shoot because of the Parkinson? That was kind of the Oh yeah. The yeah. route I was looking. I, I would be interested to to hear if there is someone out yeah. there like that, and yeah. and if they are, we have a, an email info at guntherapy.org, That okay. if they if they want to reach us and you know to talk about some of those issues, we're, because it's we're, all about the, the it's all about the you know doing the medical aspect exactly. of it, yeah. the studies, talking to as many as many people as you possibly can talk to, you know that either has Parkinson's or, or what have you, because I think. It's all about the research. It takes forever. It is, yes. Well, it sounds, I guess it sounds like, the, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, I was kind of listening in on your conversation earlier, but it sounds like it's uh, it has to do with the release of dopamine. Right. So, and I, I think, I'm not a scientist, I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but it, <laughs> I think you have to enjoy what you're doing in order for yeah. dopamine to be released. Yeah. So if you hate, if you, if you don't like shooting guns, it's probably not going to do much for you, but if you do like shooting guns... And you can get that dopamine release. Um, it sounds like it'd be real effective. But yeah, yeah but it sounds like you have to have shot first, gotten Parkinson, and see if it'll correct it. Not necessarily, I don't think. But I, I think bet it, thought I'd throw it out there anyway. <laughs> I want to. I want to test the theory so everybody. Just, All right. Just come Dave, out and shoot. Dave Stahl and I are going to work on this more in the lab and see. Yeah, what we, we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, get, and by the way, Dave, get your own show. <laughs> Hey, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Push that guy out of the way. You'll be fine. All right. Change the page here. 
Melissa is <laughs> next with her review of the incog- in- incognito wear. Just say lion and lamb. That's fine. Lion and lamb. Yeah. Concealment top for women. <laughs> hey, folks, most companies waste a lot of money in marketing. The reason why is because they don't have a clear message. You're wasting money on websites, social media, and your advertising if you don't have a clear, easy-to-understand message. SageTree gets it. Since 2005, SageTree has been helping companies clarify their message and connect with customers. Connect them today and learn about their proven system to help you get a better return on your investment from your marketing dollar. Go to SageTree.com and learn a whole lot more. All right. All right. Well, hello, men. Hi, Jackson. <laughs> hello, men. <laughs> um, I have something for the ladies today that I am reviewing, and this is actually very nice. I really like it. And I'm using Amy, my friend Amy here, as the model for my um, concealment top that I'm um, reviewing from Incognito Wear. Um, this is the concealment top called The Lion and Lamb. Um, it's super soft. Can you stand up, Amy? There we go. Um, super soft. Now this has three-quarter dolman sleeves, so it's loose. You can wear it during the summertime or wintertime. Comes in two layers. There's a tank top with slits. Can you show them the slits? And this is meant for a cross-body appendix um, holstering. So. The the idea of this is that it's really baggy in the front. It has that cross pattern, you know, it lays really nicely. She can't print. You can't see the print printing of a gun because it's just nice and flowy and baggy. Um, I forgot my banana. I did. I forgot the banana to stick in her holster. I but hate it when I forget my banana. I know. It's, it's, a, it's a shame. So, um, yeah, she can. Did you put something in there? Okay, so there's her um, holster that she's holding. It's supposed, it's meant to stick out of the hole. Now, if she were to draw a right hand, that material is going to be covering the gun. And then when she is ready to, yeah, when she's ready to pull, she's going to pull on crossbody. So, in fact, just leave it alone. Stick your hand in there. So, she doesn't really look like she's doing anything. She probably looks like she's scratching her stomach or something. I don't know. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, it's very inconspicuous so you can't tell yeah it's ambidextrous so it's like right hand left hand drawers so it works both ways it does not work for me because I do not carry appendix um, I carry two three o'clock um, so I would have to generally just lift up the shirt like normal shirts just to draw which is fine but even if I still did that this shirt how baggy it is and how flowy it is it totally doesn't let anything print so it's super stretchy made um in the usa super soft right what do you think about this i like i like it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's comfortable it's very comfortable to wear i like that it's it's a breathable fabric and i do i appreciate that um if i were carrying right now i i do feel that the you know the the holster is um it's in a position where I can safely access the gun when I needed it, if I needed it. But uh, I also can tell that it wouldn't print. So I don't, I'm not worried about printing. I'm not worried about someone knowing that I'm carrying. And it's very stylish. I feel like you could wear this in all seasons. Oh, you know, you could do too. It looks good with jeans. It, look, it looks good with leggings mm-hmm. and dress pants. And, 
Melissa, you were saying that this is um, this is intended for appendix carry. Can you? Is there enough um, room in there? Can you make this work? Say, if you carry just forward of the hip, just forward to three o'clock or something like that, or does it have to be all the way in the front? Do you have if enough room you, in there? Yeah. You know what? It says that you can inside the waistband and outside the waistband carry. So, if you had OWB, you could totally use that. Because that tank top and the outside shirt are separate. It's two two different pieces. Okay, and Amy, could you get to that if you were carrying inside the waistband, say that maybe just forward of your hip, like at just forward of three o'clock? I I think if you if you were to size up the um, the holes on the tank top would allow you to still access if you were outside the waistband carrying or more strong strong side carrying. Um, but it does work best if you're wearing it a little bit um, more, I guess, fitted. It would work best for um, appendix carry. Mm -hmm. So my my concern is that if you did do a two, three, or whatever, um, not something that's not so forward, would it snag on the clothing on upon your draw? Could you see that happening? I could. I think that with like any other holster and clothing, however way you're going to carry, I think uh, practice, practice, practice with an unloaded gun. Absolutely. First to to double check that. I think with a subcompact gun, if I personally was carrying um, more 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, I, I feel like I could access it. But I've also, you know, train. I would have trained. I think I have a little bit more training. So I, I, I definitely would uh, push training and practice with, with this top. Yeah. You'd always, always practice with any kind of concealment anyways, whether it's regular shirts or something that's meant for concealed carry like this. This is like a two-piece, like I said. It's two pieces. It's a tank and a wrap. So and when I first got I was like, why does this tank top have two slits in the stomach? I'm like, did they forget to sew it? And I'm like, oh, the, the firearm actually sticks out of the holes. And the wrap actually covers the um, firearm. So um, really concealable and... It's very flattering, and you can dress it up. You can dress it down. So men's out there, your wives, your girlfriends, whoever, um, think about Both. this shirt. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Who am I to judge, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but think about this purchase for, like, Valentine's Day is coming up. This oh, would be a great gift. smart. Right? Like, Laura would look fantastic in that. Hey, now, what's the biggest size gun you can carry in that? Did you, did you try, like, can you, like, what? Can you, does it have to be a subcompact, or do you think you get a 19 no, in there? No, I don't think that you have to have anything super small, because this will just drape over the gun mm. itself. So I don't think you'd have to worry about it. I think anything, really. Let's say, I think, can you make that a man wrap? Like, do they, these come in extra large, double XL, whatever? <laughs> I would in, like to see you in that, Joe. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Looks comfortable. We'll, we'll pay good money for it <laughs> to see you in that. It comes in extra small to extra, extra large. So it comes in a variety of sizes, 100% made in the USA. And this shirt um, retails for $154.99. A little on the pricey side, but I would say that that's worth it because the material is fantastic it's super soft and um like i said you can dress it up you can dress it down like amy you would probably wear it with what leggings and boots or something mm -hmm. you know have like a long necklace to dress it up it's really pretty yeah it's real i mean you're you're a little shorty so we're gonna have to tailor it to your waistline but yeah um it looks great on you thank you yeah um so I think that 
this is one of those pieces that's going to be, you know, a piece that you're going to wear year round. Don't you think? I agree. Yeah. It, it, does, it looks good, too. I honestly, I, I think it's sometimes it's, it's a little too easy to tell, like, concealment garments. I didn't know that at all. Like, when you were, you've been wearing that th- through, the through yeah, the whole yeah. time. And I, I wouldn't have guessed that. You said it was, I think you, you described it as stylish. I think that's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's very accurate. It's a totally good word. I think you should get one for Laura. Yeah, well. Um, Laura, I'm looking out for you. Yeah. <laughs> this will look great on her. But I'm, very I'm thinking about getting one for Joe. He seems really interested. <laughs> I think if you can get the uh, the, ca- the camo with the Punisher skull on there or something, <laughs> that would work. That's, that's going to be my Valentine's Day gift to you, Joe. <laughs> yeah, so if you would like to get one, um, you can get them at um, Incognito Wear. IX India X ray dot com. And What's the IX? It's not nine. And that's what I'm assuming. It's nine. You think it's nine? I th- I think so. Like I I don't I don't know what else it would be. I don't know either. Incognito nine. It was on the promo page here, and I'm like, I gotta know Roman numerals to read a. <laughs> Do you remember your Roman numerals? I, you, you know. <laughs> Is I that what you were gonna say? IX. I was like, yeah, nine? I was like, I. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> you got it right though you got it right thank you melissa <laughs> it all looked greek to me hey so thank you so much for being my model show that one again one more time and how that gun would normally sit outside of the slit and we are going to this is going to be for a crossbody. not melissa did you have you been wearing this much or is this like did you actually try it out real I world tried, yeah i tried it out and carried and- i don't carry appendix so it didn't really work for me because i just have to just lift up my shirt like a normal shirt but it for concealment and like not printing it worked great mm. but for the What'd purpose you, do? you what you go to the grocery store or just kind of wore it around the house, or I wore it around the house, and nobody knew that I had anything on me because, like, I get I get teased a lot if I actually wear my gun in my house. You, you, I get, I get, I get I just ridiculed. This, I just had this image of you in like all five eleven doubt. You know? <laughs> it's like what, what? Well, I'm not carrying. You're carrying, right? So now, do you when what were you carrying? What were you packing when you? What did you have in there? Um, I had my shield nine. Okay, can't tell a thing. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm not gonna be able to fit my um, your CZ. You know, I think it would fit, but I don't have a holster that goes like in that area. So, um, uh, okay, so that's a good question. Do, do you does does it come with a variety of holsters, or is it one one size fits all? How does that work? Um, it doesn't come with a holster. It just comes as just a shirt to wear on the body that you just get your size, oh, and then that hole yeah. will accommodate pretty much any gun because it's I just see. a hole. I see. So you're. You're you're wearing the holster on your belt. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's not part of the shirt. It's just <clears throat> Jackson covering. and I were just talking about. We couldn't figure it out. Now we get it. Now you get it, Jackson. All right. You understand? Awesome. Awesome. All right. If you, again, if you would like to get one of these, these retail at one fifty four ninety nine. It's called the Lion and Lamb shirt by Incognito Wear. So you can get one at incognitowearix.com. Thank you so much, Amy, for modeling it for me. You look so good. You're welcome. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a break. Yeah. We're getting close to the nice. top of the hour. This uh, is coming up next. Uh, what do you got? What do you got coming, Joe? <laughs> I've got women on target next. That's what I've got. All right. Well, so nobody wrote it down, so I thought I'd at least give you a holler. 
Don't touch that dial, folks. It is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks. Hey, Welcome. You're next, bitch. Take it off, buddy. What are we doing over here? What's going on? Look at this. What are they doing to you, kid? This this show got blue real quick. It got really blue. Six (laughs) feet above. Well, that's good to know. Hey, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Nice. Up next, Joe Dramisi to talk about women on target. But first, PRMI Mortgage, Prime Res. Com slash Alpine. Are you in the military? Are you looking for help for a VA loan? Well, if you're looking to buy, refi, or maybe you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com slash Alpine. All right, Joe, what do you got? So what I got is women on target today. Uh, so this is, what was our theme is uh, interacting with non-gun owners yes, today. talking to people that don't have guns. So I'm slightly ahead of my time here because I think next month is um, is first contact, right? Like like the outer space kind of stuff. <laughs> I thought first contact was uh, new gun owners or something. Is I that thought it was, was? That, that movie with, with Jodie Foster. Wasn't that? Was that first contact? Yeah, see, I was older. Contact. I was thinking of we're Richard, probably Richard We're probably Dreyfuss. not going to spend a month on that. <laughs> Oh. Um, but no, with, uh, <laughs> that, was close. No, that was close encounters. That was close, close. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Women on Target is a um, is a great program. The NRA sponsors this, and uh, ranges and clubs and uh, groups uh, run these things all around the country. Uh, up at Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club, we do four of these a year, and um, I was there this morning doing that all morning. So I thought, yeah, that'd be a good thing to talk about. It's sort of close to our theme. So with um, with women on target, and I'm not sure how long they've been doing it for a long time. Were they doing that when you were there, Michael? Yeah, I really enjoyed those? it. Um, you know, when, when, when started working for San Diego County Gun Owners, I had to kind of stop doing that because we have our own programs. But I was I remember back at least at least ten years, at least ten years. Dexter Haight was the guy that put it all together and made it happen. In okay. fact, I think it started. I want to say it started in '07. That's when I think it started. Okay, yeah, I remember Dexter actually, and uh, yeah, Sue, uh, Eric, and Sue Johnson run it now. Yeah, and um, but it's a great program, and what it is, if you haven't heard of this, um, <clears throat> it's geared toward uh, it's it's all women, and uh, they limit it to forty five women. It sells out each time they do it, 
Uh, we just did the one today. The next one's in April, which is sold out, and the one after that will be in July. Uh, but they limit it to 45 women, and um, what they do is they, they split them up into three groups. And uh, you'll have a group that goes to the pistol area, a group will go to the rifle area, a group will go to the shotgun area. And then they match them up one-on-one with, um, with mentors, and they spend about 45 minutes or so shooting in each area. And um, it's really great. It's a, it's a lot of fun. The, um, the women, for the most part, are, um, are brand, well, you get a mix. You get some, some women that are brand new. They've never shot a gun before. Um, you've got a lot of women who maybe shot years ago. Uh, maybe their dads uh, shot with them a little bit when they were growing up, and they haven't touched them in a long time. Uh, so you have people that are, uh, you know, have minimal exposure to that kind of stuff. And, uh, it's just, um, it's great to see them cause it's a great way to interact with, like we were talking about with, with non gun owners. Cause a lot of them don't necessarily own guns, but they've, they've developed an interest. And like we were talking about in the last segment, uh, and we don't really get, there's not enough time to really get into, you know, why are you here? Or why, why did you get interested? Um, but a lot of them, I, I believe are interested in the, um, you know, the self-defense aspect of it because of all the things that have been going on the last couple of years. And, um, you know, Desi's there from, um, not me SD yep. and she talks to each group, uh, about what not me SD is and uh, what they have to offer. But it's, uh, it's fun. Cause you get a mix of, um, women, you'll get some that are, you know, obviously pretty nervous. It's, you know, it's their first time with it. And, uh, like we were talking about a little bit earlier too, if you get people that are non gun owners, um, they don't have family or friends or whatever that shoot, um, you know, you have to remember what, what do they see? How do you learn about guns? If you're in that situation, you know, it's what you see on the media. It's what you see in movies, you know, what you see on TV and, uh, which means most of it's not right. And, um, so a lot of them, I mean, we've had, well, we had one this morning cause we, uh, you know, with the three groups, so you get to, you get to work with three different women, at three different sessions. And, um, you know, we had the first woman we had was, was pretty nervous, noticeably nervous. Uh, and you could see how she was shooting. And, uh, then the, the two that we had after her were, you know, brand new shooters, but the, you didn't see that they weren't as skittish about it, I guess, you know, they were, they were just a little more comfortable with it. And, um, it's interesting cause we'll, we'll typically start them off with a 22 and just walk them through it. And, um, you know, and then some of them, like the one woman we were talking or we were just mentioning, um, you know, pretty much stuck with the 22 for the whole 45 minutes. Um, others will move up to the nine millimeter. Um, I always bring my, um, my Ruger, uh, GP 100. So I bring the revolver so they could try that out with 38 special. And, um, you know, a lot of them like to try that stuff. Um, we'll start with the targets at about five yards and then there's uh steals at about probably about 12 yards out or so 12, 13 yards. Uh, that they can shoot at. And it's, um, it's just a great experience. It's real similar to the shooting socials. I think that we do just a little bit, um, more expanded. So the goal is, uh, probably to have a good first time shooting experience for them. And, um, you know, there's only so much you could teach. I don't know if there's much teaching really. It's just, uh, because you know how it is, if you're, you're new to guns, there's like 800 things you're trying to remember at the same time. So, just focusing on the safety part of it and, you know, just some basics with the grip and everything and just having a good time, a good shooting experience. We, I remember, uh, back when, when, when we were doing it one, one, uh, Sunday, we had four generations. We had a, a teen, a teen and then her mom and then her grandmother and her great grandmother, all four of them came out and shot. It was cool. Yeah. And that's common. We see a lot of mother daughter, uh, groups out there. 
And uh, in fact, one of the women we worked with, because I was training two other mentors today, so I actually got the got to see six women. And uh, the one one older woman was uh, everybody's older. Well, I say older because she was older than me, but um, that's old. That's she old. was she was probably around eighty or so, and uh, and she did really well. She shot the uh, twenty two, and she was pretty good with it. She was hitting the steals with that, and she switched over, shot the nine millimeter for a little bit, then switched back. But um, you know, we get we get women that age. We get women, you know, they're in their teens. So you get a whole mix of them, but it's um, it's fun interacting, I think, with uh, with new people like that, and just um, you know, and giving them that experience. And you know how that is with the uh, the shooting socials. It's I mean, it's very similar and yeah, very rewarding. Uh, you know, and typically I'll work on the handgun side in the pistol pit, but um, I've done a couple of them over on the shotgun side, and and I've seen the same thing. And you know, it's it's funny when you see these these older women with the twelve gauge shotgun, and they're knocking these clay pigeons out of the air. And it's just uh, just watching the excitement because that's because uh, I see how excited Michael gets when he hits one of the clay pigeons on the, on the rare occasion. <laughs> that is a showstopper because it's uh, you know you get to watch it explode. And uh, yeah, so uh, so those kinds of programs are great. And uh, again, you know, the NRA sponsors these things around the country, and um, they they support these things. So it works kind of like a grant. You um, apply to them, and uh, the NRA will support it with, um, you know, with ammunition and stuff like that. And uh, like I said, it's a it's a great program. It's a great way to interact with, um, like we're talking about, with non-gun owners, with people that that are kind of interested, but they don't, you know, don't have any way to find out about that stuff. And um, you know, having them find out about it in a good, safe, um, you know, positive environment is uh, just really good. They just do a great job with it. And um, Dave Reed is another one we talked about a little bit earlier. Dave Reed's a um, you know a local instructor and does a lot um, does a lot of work with the Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club, and he does a lot of the safety briefs. And uh, just the way they do it, it just um, makes it a real friendly environment. So great program. Dave's a good dude. He runs that thing. Uh, it's a well oiled machine down at Lemon Grove Rod and Gun. Ah. I, I mean the whole. I mean the whole. Oh. Or, or the whole, uh, the whole range. Thing. The, the whole, whole range. range. Yeah. That's right. He is the chief uh, range safety officer there. All right, folks. Well, that's Gun Owners Radio right here on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961. AM 1170. The answer. Skateboard therapy to fight veteran suicide. Benji Manabog is here from Thrash and Raid and Six Feet Above is in studio. But first, American Shooter is the newest gun shop in San Diego and Gun Owners Radio's newest show sponsor. If you're looking for a great gun shop for any of your firearm needs, go visit American Shooters. Tell Ernie you heard about them on Gun Owners Radio. They have a great selection of new, used, and consigned firearms. Put it in your calendar right now, January 15th, for the grand opening celebration at American Shooters, 1464 Graves Avenue, the Bradley exit in El Cajon. Okay, so last week we had a really fascinating interview with Angel Cortez, who um, we barely we barely scratched the surface on his life. He was really, really fascinating. And uh, we brought in a buddy of his, right, Benji? You guys are our buds. Yeah, Angel's a really good friend of mine. Um, super stoked uh, to know him. He's been a huge blessing in, in my life and my family's life. 
And your organization is Thrash and Raid? Correct. Talk about Thrash and Raid. What do you guys do? Yeah, so Thrash and Raid, we're a skateboarding organization. Our mission is to help people rise above their barriers using skateboarding. Uh, skateboarding's done a tremendous amount of positive things in my life. Just growing up as a, as a punk kid, you know, just addicted to drugs and alcohol, skateboarding was one of the one outlets that was actually positive. Um, vice, all the other terrible things I did. I was addicted to meth and cocaine early on as a, as a kid, and, and um, really skateboarding kind of pulled me out of that as well as, um, you know, meeting my recruiter. And then when I decided to get out after spending 15 and a half years in the military uh, in the special operations community, Thrash and Raid was a way for me to give back um, and, you know, just not just serve veterans, but also to serve the at-risk youth community. We donate a lot of our boards uh, to the youth and to veterans and, and to other programs like that. Okay, bunch of questions now. That just, that was, that laid, that's the whole, <laughs> there's a bunch of questions. So, um, let's start with, uh, let's actually go to your military career. So what did you do for the military? I was a Marine special operator. Uh, it's a Marine Raider or critical skills operator with uh, Marine Corps forces, special operations command, MARSOC. Um, how do you go from being addicted to meth and alcohol to in, uh, in enlisting in the Marine Corps? Yes. Enlisting, enlisting into the Marine Corps and going and, and, and successfully navigating MARSOC. It was a change of mindset. Really, you know, when I was growing up, I had a lot of very unfortunate things happen. Um, and I'd say for a long time, I had the victim mentality. I said, man, look at all these bad things that are happening to me. Um, things that, you know, choices that my parents made, that other family members made. I was living with different family members growing up and really just not taking accountability of my choices. I was doing terrible in school. Um, and a lot of it was... Um, you know, I, I could have done the right thing, but made an excuse and said, you know, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to choose to be an adolescent. I wasn't thinking about the future. And so it was kind of just out of nowhere. It was like a grace of God kind of thing. I was 18 going to continuation school because I, I got kicked out of normal high school. I had ninth grade credits as a 12th grader and just going to this continuation school thinking I have no future. And I was living with my uncle who was addicted to meth at the time as well. And it, it was just some something i don't know what day i can't pinpoint it but i remember thinking i i got to do something with my life and i remember walking into a recruiting office getting turned down by the navy first and then walking out and the marine corps recruiter swooped me up why the uh why the navy turn you down you know i i think it's because i walked in there weighing 119 pounds looking like a meth addict kid and they're like you got to clean yourself up before you know you join but then the Marine, the Marine said, we'll, we'll go ahead and clean you up for you. <laughs> you know what? And, and it's a good thing they did. And, and I think that that Marine Corps recruiter, whether he was just looking for a, another number to put through or, or not, he, he made such a huge impact on my life because he said, hey, when you, you got to graduate high school first, so you're going to come in every single day after continuation school. You're going to do your homework here. We're going to get you set up. I'm going to get you a job. And he, I mean, he totally your, turned- Your Marine Corps recruiter did that? Yeah, he totally turned my life around. I, Do you I, keep in touch with that guy? I, I don't, not regularly. And he went on to, uh, you know- do his career in the military as well, and um, but I think you that's need to look and, him up. I think that's above, him up. that's above and beyond. I don't think recruiters usually do that. No, definitely not. And and I do I do talk to him every once in a while, and we keep in touch, especially on LinkedIn and on Facebook. But um, it's it's something that I don't um, 
I don't know exactly what brought me into the office. Yeah. You know, everyone just, I don't know if it was a gradual thing, but I can't remember back then whether it's drugs or something else, but it's just something, it's just something clicked inside my head and said, I don't want to live this way anymore. So I, in high school, I, re, I remember you in high school, not you specifically, <laughs> you know, but you know, you, you listened to, to punk, right? Skateboard. Had a ducktail. A lot of, yeah, probably had crazy <laughs> clothes and crazy hair and, you know, right? You were that. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, blue blue and red hair. And, blue and red hair. Yeah. Didn't like me because I liked metal. And you're chubby. You know? <laughs> and you were chubby. Yeah. So, you know, um, what, uh, that's probably not, there probably weren't a lot of people like you in Marsoc. Well, actually, you'd be very surprised. <laughs> we, we're a we're a, a ragtag group of misfits, um, and I think there has to be a little bit of shadiness within <laughs> all these people that work in special operations because you work in a gray area where you're not just you're not just being told what to do, right? And and I'm not saying the conventional forces just get told what to do and they follow orders, but um, they do in in, <laughs> in in a way. But on the special operations side, you're able to you have that freedom and that flexibility to think more critically and to have the freedom to make more decisions on your own as a small unit, right? And so in order to have that flexibility, some of the some of the people have to be able to think outside the box or just have a little bit more of a, a gray area type of mindset. And so you sometimes have some some people in there that have had an interesting past. Um, and I'm not going to say that they're doing shady stuff while they're in, but um, they just, they come from an experience of, of knowing how to take risks, calculated risks, and knowing that, um, they could overcome and persevere through anything, right? And that's an interesting perspective. So you're saying that maybe you know the straight laced, gung ho ROTC types probably stay in in the conventional units, and that and the, and you're a, you're you're a, you're, a, you're a pirate basically. Right? Yeah. <laughs> need, <laughs> the the guy, guys like you are probably attracted to a little bit more of the, you know. I don't know. And you're a by big, the seat of your pants. You're a big of. fan of second lieutenants too, I bet. <laughs> well, fortunately, there's no second lieutenants over at Marsoc. Yeah, you know, right. Because you have to None be a captain. Of, you you would never have a second lieutenant at Marsoc. I'm telling you. You, you got to be experienced to come, to come over to Marsoc. We're one of the few branches that um, you can't just go right off the street into uh, into the special operations community. You have to serve a minimum of four years, and then you could join the special operations community. So what yeah. attracted you? How did you end up? And I, you don't end up in Marsoc. How did yeah. you go go full force towards Marsoc? How did yeah, that so happen? it was my, uh, after my third deployment, I was serving with a reconnaissance unit, and I just love the camaraderie between those guys. And it was just, you could tell there's just a different caliber, a group of a group of guys. You know, in, in the military, you have what we call the 10%, right? We have... We have 10% of people that um, are studs, right? That are just absolute, just studs at what they do, physically, right. mentally, everything. And then you also like have- Like me and Jackson. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have 10% that are just total dirtbags, and you're like, why are you here, right? Mm. And, then, and then you have the rest of the general population. Well, at MARSOC, it seems like the general population are all in that 10% stud category. They're just- mm you know, a bunch of uh, just high performers, high caliber individuals. And I wanted to be around that. I wanted to be the highly trained, highly skilled type of operator around other people. Yeah, like but that. you didn't sign up for it. You had no. to qualify. Exactly. And then how many people washed out when you oh, tried to get in? I mean, a ton. We, we go into this thing. You go to assessment and selection. Mm -hmm. There's several hundred people that, that do that. Out of selection, about 40 of us got selected. And then, out of that. and then out of that, they make up a couple different um, selection classes, make up one individual training course, which is our nine-month-long pipeline. And 
out of that, you know, uh, half those people don't make it. So it's a very small percentage of us and you have to volunteer for it and you have to meet those qualifications. But a big portion of it is the mental aspect, being able to overcome and persevere and rise above barriers. And I think people with a hard past like myself and even Angel Cortez just have been through a lot of adversity and have that resilience that that you need as a special operator. Well, and that that mental part. So, you know, you spent your your teens, um, you, you know, like you said, addicted, um, you know, uh, not interested in school. Um, you, you turn things around. But, you know, next thing you know, it feels like, you you, you know, boom, now you're in this highly structured uh, environment, even, mm-hmm. even in the you know, do they call it boot camp and yeah, recruit, yeah, okay, recruit so you're training, in, yeah. Okay, so you're in recruit training, drill instructor. You know, highly. I mean, there's no uh, room for error. You know, you're mm-hmm. you're. They're not there. You don't. There's no excuses. They don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not buying your your BS. Mm-hmm. You got to perform. How do you? It must have been really difficult. It, it was difficult at first, but at the same time, it's almost like you crave that, and especially as a as mm-hmm. a as a young male that had no positive male role model up until my recruit, my recruiter. Um, I didn't have that, that person in my life that was, um, just really mentoring me and showing me like how to be a man. Right. And as a young male, you crave that, you know, whether you, whether you know it or not, or at least I, I did. The one week they shaved your head and threw you in and then you went, this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. <laughs> no, because it, you didn't have anybody telling you what to do when you were a kid. You were footloose and fancy free and you were mad at the world and right. Yeah. And I think it was just being around just other, other guys that just like wanted minded. to, yeah, just like-minded that yeah. just wanted to do something bigger than themselves. And that's why I joined right when Iraq was, you know, had kicked off and I wanted to just do something for my country and do something bigger than, than myself. So how, what did you what did you do during your career where, during your deployments? What kind of deployments were you on? So I did uh, two de- two deployments to Iraq. Also went and served uh, some time in in um, the Horn of Africa, uh, mm-hmm. combating uh, piracy out there. Uh, spent time in Southeast Asia, and then my last deployment, I was in the Arabian Peninsula again, uh, doing counterterrorism. So there had to have been a a first time you were not on a base. You had a gun in your hand. You know, and there were actually you were about to go. There were people out there that wanted to cause harm. There had to be that first time. I'm I'm, I'm assuming you, mm-hmm. you remember that. Do you remember that first time? Yeah, and I, I'd say when when you're put in that situation, the Marine Corps does a very good job at training Marines. And I'm not saying the other branches don't, but I'd say the Marine Corps really emphasizes on immediate action drills and knowing and understanding just muscle memory, right? So you know that with with something were to happen, you know that it's not that only you're competent and able to do so, but the people around you are competent and able to do so. And what and that's really one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to join the special operations community is because when you're in the conventional side, you're like, I don't know if this guy to my left and right is going to be able to do it because he's in that that terrible 10%, right? <laughs> but then but when you're at Marsoc, you know that everyone is high caliber. Interesting. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is... Oh, wait. Do I have to look for anything? No. No, we're going to keep him. Yeah, we're talking. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. 
All right. Hey, we are uh, pr- we're proud to partner with the National Concealed Carry Association as a 10-ring partner. NCCA exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. They offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors, and they provide rock-bottom prices of the best selection of gear and accessories. Join them today. Members uh, get great prices and free shipping. Learn more about them at National Concealed Carry Association.com. So, Benji, we're going to talk about your organization and everything, but I got to tell you, your 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 personal story continues to fascinate me. So, I I, <laughs> I, I promise we're going to talk about your organization because it's extremely fascinating too. But I want to keep going. Um, so, you're in the Marine Corps. You know, you, you're you're were you a good Marine? Like right off the bat? You know, I, I, when I decided to join the Marine Corps uh, with my recruiter, um, I completely changed my mindset. So I said, if I'm going to go in and do this, I'm going to be the best possible Marine I could be. And I went from being that, that drug addicted adolescent punk kid to, you know, graduating boot camp as, as the honor grad and with the highest, uh, physical, uh, fitness score out of everybody. And then every school I went to, I was either at the top of my class or at least, you know, the top physical shape, um, or what we call the, uh, gung ho award. So someone that, um, just, demonstrated just team building type of skills and and someone that you'd want to be around so that's a that's a broad term you changed your mindset what is that what does that literally mean what is that what what actually went on in your head so what went on in my head and was, how did you make it go on in your head you, you know what to be to that's be, the million dollar question yeah and and it's really i'd say it's just an act of god because i cannot pinpoint exactly what it was i mean i just remember there were certain moments during my childhood i remember um and my wife Today, she was a friend back then that um, I, I remember she wasn't my girlfriend at the time, just a friend. And, and I remember she knows what it was like when I was getting off of meth, when I was trying to quit. And I remember being in my room and it was her and another friend of mine. And my uncle just comes in real quick, hands me this uh, paper towel that had a, a meth pipe wrapped in it. And it's like, oh, here, this is for you. And just leaves. And I just burst into tears because here I was trying to make my make turn my life around and I wanted, I wanted it so bad and, and I couldn't. And so it was just, I think I just wanted something else. I didn't want to see my life go down this, this dark hole. And so I said, I, I'm going to take personal responsibility of everything and be self accountable and really just, uh, be the exact opposite of who I was. And all my teachers growing up, I've had people tell my parents, my mom told me, they said that, they would look her dead in the eye and they'd say, your son, Benji, will never, ever amount to anything in life. That's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> like I had those same teachers. Yeah. <laughs> same yeah me stuff. too, come to think of it. Do you keep in contact with them? <laughs> <laughs> you should. There, there's a few. Send yeah. them this interview. Yeah, there, there's a few. So did you get pushback from your from your slacker friends when you were trying to change your life? You know, there's a few that, that were, but I actually, I still keep in contact with some that today are, are still consider some of my uh, really good friends my my buddy Wyatt we were in a band together and you say have you saved any of them you know I, I don't think I personally did but they you all, influenced it uh, maybe to some but some of them just uh, some of them had harder stories than 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 mine and especially my buddy Wyatt he he changed his life around too and he's just an amazing individual today as well and it, it, it didn't take the military for that to happen so um there's there's hope for for everybody, regardless of what situation right. you're in. Doesn't matter what you did yesterday or today. It's who you're going to be tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, you, and you kind of alluded to it. I actually asked uh, Angel the same question. Um, 
was there anything about you know your your tough life growing up? Uh, you know, you, you, you kind of said you did some criminal activity and it wasn't just drugs. I mean, you sounded like you, you had a pretty rough. You were a pretty rough kid. Yeah. Um, Mostly a lot of uh, shoplifting, and um, and when it comes to shoplifting, it was mostly alcohol. So we'd steal from liquor stores and grocery stores. We'd walk in with a cart and literally just pretend we were shopping and fill the entire cart and then walk right out the door <laughs> as oh, if we belong there. They're doing that today. Oh yeah, it's okay today. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now well, now it's trendy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. We so, did it before the hashtag. So there wasn't a lot of violence. You weren't a violent. Particularly, no. Most of the violent stuff that that we did was just fights with other, yeah. you know, other teens and stuff, stuff like that. I did end up having to go through like a six month program at my school because of a, a some gang fight, but we weren't part of it. I just so happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. So the military's paying you to pull a trigger. Mm-hmm. You're out there in a war zone, and then you become, you know, arguably one of the. You're in a unit that's one of the most elite in the world's ever seen. Frankly, um, did did that hard uh, upbringing did it help? You know what I mean? Did it work for you in any way? Yeah, and I'd say it's just mainly just overcoming resilience and that stress inoculation. Like, you know, especially even I'll go all the way back to boot camp. Like being yelled at mm-hmm. was not a big deal, and you could tell some people when they were getting yelled at. <laughs> first day boot camp it's like they're freaking out and i'm like i've been yelled at my whole life and being called a piece of crap and all this other stuff at least he he hasn't hit you yeah exactly and so it's like you know i I, i'm it's not a not a big deal to me and with marsoc it was it was just you know as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you're around good guys it's actually you kind of almost like the stress and you're like i wish this would suck more you know because and it's fun it's you know you're you're having you're getting paid to do things that people pay to do, right? right? Like shoot shoot guns and, right. and jump out of airplanes and all this stuff. It's stressful, but it's also fun. What was the most terrified you ever were? Well, I, I got in a parachuting accident back in uh, 2013, 2014. Yeah. Um, me and, and the sniper on our team, uh, it was a, a, a jump where it was nighttime jump and just very bad conditions, and our chutes collided. Um, as we were making our final approach, and when you're that low, it's it's pretty scary because if your reserve opens up, you don't have much time for that thing to actually fully open and and um, you know be fully inflated to slow you down. So when when it happened, we were it just all seemed to happen so fast. But I remember I pulled the reserve and we hit the ground, and he broke his tib and fib, and I ended up just hurting my rotary cuff and my back pretty bad. But that was probably one of the scariest moments. And, and ever since then, jumping, it was always expected of us. We had to jump quarterly. We had to jump regularly. And it was like after that moment, jumping out of a plane was not enjoyable. It was not enjoy- jumping out of a plane was not enjoyable. That should be a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what's crazy? I, 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 I ask, uh, I, I tend to ask, you know, Mar- I think you're, you might be the first Marsoc guy I've asked this question. Um, but I asked Seals and Green Berets. Um, that question like what was the most terrifying thing you know and I, to my knowledge there i believe they're all combat veterans anyway it's, it's never what you think they're mm-hmm. all they're all like training or like you know one guy he was a seal and they were learning how to use uh the rebreathers and he got actually got caught under the bridge the coronado bridge oh yeah and thought he was gonna die it's never <laughs> the you know a guy with a gun was pointing it at me and wanted to take my life it's always like well there's this parachute thing this scuba diving it, thing it's all it's because it seems I think like that's a testament to you guys is it, what i'm saying well a lot of it too is is like when you're on deployment 
you almost have the sense of like you're in control, right? Because it's not like uh, when when we were in Iraq or in or in Yemen or smaller some of these other places that I've been, you're the baddest dude there, right? It's not like uh, World War II where you're fighting in a pretty much almost equal foe, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, you know you're fighting the Nazis, you're fighting the the Jap the uh, Japanese Imperial Army back then. I mean, we were losing, I think, what, 5,000 people, 5,000 Marines first day at Iwo Jima, mm-hmm. right? In the global war on terror, uh, we, we were the baddest dudes out there. We owned the night. We had the night vision. We had the best equipment. And we're out there fighting a lot of times. I mean, these terror, a lot of the insurgents, they're not dumb by any means. They're building, you know, IEDs and, and they're using tactics against us and they're smart people. But for the most part, you feel just that confidence. But when you're in training and some of these other scenarios where you're just out of your element and out of control, especially like if you're in a parachuting accident yeah. and you're relying on that equipment or if you're in uh, trapped underwater like that, that's, yeah. that's scary. That's crazy, man. You ever look back in your life and just go, what in the heck? Yeah. There, there's, there's times <laughs> where I'm like, I, yeah, exactly. What they, was I thinking? So you said yeah. you were a Marine for 15... Well, you're always a Marine, right? I almost <laughs> yeah, screwed up Marine, there. Marine, yeah. I almost screwed up there. You were in the Marine Corps. You were active duty for, what, 15 and a half years? Yeah, 15 and a half. Why did, why did you leave at 15 and a half? Um, well, it was actually very unexpected. Uh, I was planning on doing 20 years in. Uh, my wife ended up getting uh, stage five kidney failure. Aww. So, uh, and it, it's unfortunate. It runs in her family and, and it hits them around their 30s. Her, um, her dad passed away from it. Her grandpa passed away from it. Her uncle has kidney failure as well. Um, and so we're actually in need of a transplant right now too. So she's on the donor list. Uh, she's had, uh, she's being seen at UCLA Medical Center right now. And that was kind of, just that wake up call, like, like, oh my gosh, like I need to reprioritize everything in my life. I can't just be focused on the military. And I selfishly, um, I want to say selfishly, I've done so many unselfish things by joining the military and my time in service. But in a lot of ways, there was things like deployments and schools and things I went to during my time in the military that I didn't have to go on. And I, I have four kids also. We have four kids together. You have four kids? Yep. Holy cow. Yeah. My oldest, you know, 13, a 10 year old, eight year old, three year old. And for especially my 13 year old you for, are in that 10 for 10 percent stud yeah category, man. good for you yeah well she's the stud because she did <laughs> yeah. all the stuff on her own while i was gone for most of that you know most of my military career i'd be home two months out of every year and so she she's uh you know stronger than most women i know you know and I, i'm surprised that we're an anomaly too because she stuck around with me after all that stress and everything i put her through so i well now you're hanging with what, her what, yeah. yeah what's her name uh, Larissa. Oh, good job, Larissa. If you're listening, fantastic. Um, so, okay, so you, you leave the Marine Corps. That had to be scary. Did you know what you were going to do, or, or what were your plans? Yeah, I thought I knew what I was going to do. I, I decided, I was like, well, I, I need that, that job security, right? I didn't think I was going to get retirement because I was cutting my career short. Yeah, actually, just pause for just a second. So <laughs> you were... You were, a, you were a, a skater kid with multicolored mm-hmm. hair, drinking and getting into <laughs> fights. And now you got four kids, a wife, and you're worried about job security and thinking about your retirement. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> and now you have black hair yeah. and you're a skater yeah. and you hang around just, kids. Well, just I, 15 I used to have blue years hair. later. I used to have blue hair a couple of weeks ago and I just recently dyed it back. Did you ever think you were going to be that guy, though, worried about job security, retirement, and four kids? No, not at all. I thought I was going to live fast and die young. And, and th- there's a joke that you either die a punk rock legend or you live long enough to to wear one of those like scally cap looking <laughs> <laughs> you always see the punk rock shows yeah right. i have one yeah i bet 
All right, so I'm sorry. So you were you were thinking about, hey, I need job security, I need retirement. So what 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 happened? You know, I was looking at some of the different, you know, three letter agencies. I was looking at law enforcement, border patrol, because I said, you know, I carried a gun for a living for this long. You know, maybe I should get into something like that again. And border patrol was an awesome career choice because they do amazing things. And um, they have amazing benefits. And I, I had a lot of friends that go into Border Patrol, and they were telling me just how amazing their careers have been. So so we're not done with you. We're actually we, – we, we're cleared the last segment. We're going to hold you for another segment. Sounds that's, good. That's how – yeah. So. You're going to learn to skateboard? <laughs> no. I brought one for him. I tried way back in the day. <laughs> I should show you my skateboard. It's a two-by-four with a metal skate. Take it oh, apart man. and screwed to both ends. <laughs> I'd like my, to try my, that. Skate, my skateboard would need to be like a like a flat bed, like a like a flat car, a train, <laughs> a flat fender, car. Yeah. a fender off a of forty one Buick. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. All right. It's probably my turn, huh? Yeah. I keep forgetting to turn the page, but that's okay. We live in a state where your self defense rights are under attack. Let us be your voice to help defend and restore the Second Amendment. Help spread the word about the fight. There's two easy things that you can do: one, like and subscribe to the show on YouTube and your favorite podcast app. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It also helps boost the show and puts a whole lot of people in front of more people that we need to have in front of us. So we're going to 86 stumping your nephew. Yeah, stump my nephew. He's going to take a week off. Game the day off again. That's right. He's going to start to get spoiled so we can continue talking to to Benji. Yeah. Um, So uh, what did you do? After you were talking about how you were looking at the Border Patrol. Yeah. So I was looking at Border Patrol. I had actually went through the whole hiring process, got hired, had my class date uh, set up. And it was during that whole time I was going through that process that some random Marine reached out to me and said, hey, here's there's this program at USC, this and this. And he's pushing it really hard. And I thought he worked for USC. I'm like, who is this guy, right? And um, turns out, you know, he's just, uh, he was a student there and he was just talking about how amazing their program was. And it was the master's in business program for veterans. And so I, I learned about this program, attended a class with him just to see it. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. So I, I held off on Border Patrol and said, let me go get my master's first. In bi- you, you sh- let me go get my master's in business from <laughs> yeah. well, USC. Just down at the store. Yeah, just hold Third on Third shelf <laughs> up to the left. <laughs> Let's push the pause button. Yeah. Well, when did there- you graduate with, do you have your, your master's? Yeah, so I have my master's uh, from USC now, but I got my- When, when did you graduate? Uh, t- 2020. 2020. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I graduate. I didn't have an actual graduation. We had the virtual graduation. Our, our The CEO of our company, her name's Wendy Hoffman. She was a year behind you at USC getting her master's. Oh, right on. Business. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's an, it's an amazing school, amazing program. They're super veteran-friendly, and, and right now there's no other program like that in any other uh, college or any other mm-hmm. campus besides USC. So um, it, it's, it's an amazing program, and, and I found out about the program, attended it, and when I remember talking to Lawrence, to that vet, I said, hey, what is there something I could do for you? Because you helped me with this transition and coming into 
coming into this. And he said, you know what you could do for me? If there's a veteran that needs help, help them also. Wow. And so it was, it was just amazing. So what did, what did you, what, so where did you go from there? You have your MBA. Yeah. Where'd you go from there? So from while I was, uh, while I was at school, that, that program really emphasizes a lot on entrepreneurship. You know, they, they teach people how to be great entrepreneurs and to help other companies, but they really focus on entrepreneurship and what veterans could do out there and creating their own things and, and making an impact. And so with me, I remember thinking, well, what do I want to do? I want to, I want to use my, my personal why uh, to help other people. And, and that's to, to help illuminate the hearts of others so they may rise above barriers. That's my personal why. And I got that. You, you want to say that again? It's to illuminate the hearts of others so they may rise above barriers. Is that, where did you, is that so, something you came up with? Or tell me about that. I, I came up with that after going through this other program called the Honor Foundation. And it's a 16-week transition program for special operators. So as special operators are getting out, um, they have this opportunity to attend this program called the Honor Foundation. And it's unlike any other program that, you know, DOD offers, you know, most people, when they get out, their transition class is like three or four days of like, here's how to write a resume. Here's how to do an interview. Now, you know, here's how to buy a suit. Don't let the door hit your ass. Right. Right. And so for us, we had, I had 16 weeks of, of prepping and understanding just how to talk about myself and share my story. And for most special operators and for most, just anyone in the military, it's hard to just talk about yourself and talk about your career because you just, you just don't. Right. And so, um, I was able to go attend that program and then discover just a lot about myself and what drives me. And for me, it was just helping other people. And that's when you started thrash and raid. Correct. And tell us about thrash and raid. First off, is that the logo on your shirt? Yeah. So this is the logo. It's uh, the it's MP5. A, yeah. it's, a, it's an MP5. Mm-hmm. It's, so that's a suppressed MP5. Cal- California legal. It's on the roster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it's uh, it kind of vaguely looks yeah like an in and out in and out kind yeah. of color or color scheme. So that's your that's the logo the gun. Yeah, correct. Wow. Yeah, you, and you don't were you weren't worried about that. I, I was, but at the same time, I wanted to be myself for once. Just be able to do exactly what I wanted to do. Right back creative. to the blue and red hair. You know, but, <laughs> but but the thing is, I wanted to combine both worlds. You know, and and growing up in California, I, I loved in and out, and I loved just skateboarding. And then just from my military side, uh, I learned how, you know, in the military, that was the first time I ever shot a, a weapon at all. And, and I fell in love with, with, with gun culture and with also just that, that brotherhood in the, the veteran community, what that's all about as so well. You shoot a lot? I do, but mostly for work. I also work with Defense Strategies Group with Angel and we we train uh, different various clients on on shooting and other survival techniques. Wow! So, uh, what's the website for for Defense Strategy Group? Uh, should be defensestrategiesgroup.com. Defensestrategiesgroup.com. Cool. Correct. So, for training is that in the, the one orange... in Kearney Mesa, right next to the Studio Diner? Nope. Uh, no. 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 Oh, okay. uh, Los Angeles based. Yeah, L.A. Up, up kind of cl- well, Orange County too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. We're close to Orange County. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, what does Thrash and Raid do? So, Thrash and Raid, we we. Uh, design and, and create skateboards and apparel uh, for skateboarding and it's big theme influence is military and you know just that gun type of culture right so a lot of people that buy our our um, our apparel and our decks are veterans veterans law enforcement and and people that uh, you know enjoy their second amendment rights and we did get a ton of pushback by the skateboarding industry because the skateboarding industry is very diverse, but in a lot of ways, guns were not something that's chickens, right? It's what just, a it's, bunch of chickens! <laughs> well, they talk big about you know, uh, you know, graffiti and 
you know, uh, you know, other, uh, you know, being rebels or whatever. But no, we're a little afraid you're going to have a gun logo. You know, we had people reach out to us like early on. And I mean, I'm talking messages after messages on Instagram and stuff that said, stay out of the industry. Do not like really like there's no place in the skateboarding industry for military, for veterans, for law enforcement, for guns, for none of that. And I was getting all this hate. But what that did for me, I, I can't wait to hear it. I just, I was like, well, Here I'm we just going to go. go I'm definitely going to yeah, do it. I'm yeah, good for you. Yeah. And 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 we we grew so quickly. We've only been a company for a year and a half now, and we're almost eighteen thousand followers on Instagram. We've done a ton of in person events. We do a lot for the community, and I think that's what helped us grow. All right, we're gonna. I got to figure out. We're gonna. We got to do something to promote you guys here in San Diego. San Diego County Gun Owners and Orange County Gun Owners. I love that attitude. Yeah, thank that's you. That's awesome. That's. Uh, uh, that's so what happened when you went in, in and out? Did they say anything? No, actually, no, nothing. And nothing and yet. Yeah. Huh? You, you can't copyright a color. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so okay, so what what else do you guys do with Thrash and Raid? Talk more about because I, I think there's there's some uh, you get, you guys work on like like the problem of veteran suicide. Yeah. So with uh, with veterans, we we give back to a lot of um, you know just veteran groups and also at risk youth groups. So. Um, a lot of the, the proceeds go towards giving decks to to kids, and especially in at risk youth type of community. Now, when you say a deck for people that are listening oh, on a radio, yeah. a so, deck is the actual base of a skateboard. Yeah, so it's the the wooden right. board that without you ride without the trucks, without okay. all that, and and so we give a lot of these decks away. This last uh, was it Christmas. We held an event out in Prince Park in Oceanside, and we called it Princemas. And this is the second year that we've been involved with it. And um, we gave over a hundred skateboards away to kids. Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, we're gonna get uh, Action Jackson here uh, into skateboarding. Oh yeah, he's, yeah. He's worried. He's what? Tell him what you were worried about, though. You don't want to break what? My neck or fracture anything? <laughs> he doesn't want to break his neck. What advice do you have for eight-year-olds who don't want to break their neck or fracture anything? You know, it, it's just to. There's a fear and confidence scale, and it's just to to ease into it. Just get comfortable riding around. If you just try to rush into it. And wear safety gear. Wear your elbow pads, your knee pads, your helmet. Well, you know, Jackson goes shooting once a week. He shoot. What do you tell him what you shoot? What's your gun? I am currently shooting a Glock 9mm pistol. So maybe you could teach him a little bit how to be a better, you know, shooter with a pistol, and he could maybe teach you how to – Skateboard. I'd skateboard. love that. That'd be awesome, right? Or maybe you guys could combine the two and come up with a new sport where you're shooting your Glock while riding a skateboard. Easy, Mike. You're going over the top. Yeah. You're going over the top. Yeah. Hey, going over the top. Yeah. Don't get him started. That's all. <laughs> be a new Olympic sport. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's a new, <laughs> whole new biathlon. Yeah. Skateboarding and shooting. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, so that's awesome. So talk talk a little bit. About what what can we do to support Thrash and Raid? What are some of the what's something that's coming up? What you know what uh, what direction are you guys going with Thrash and Raid? Yeah. So one of the things that we did last year, and especially it was during a time when not a lot of people were getting out of the house because of all the government lockdowns and everything else. And the skateboarding industry has been pretty good out here about saying, screw it. We're just going to host these events. We're going to get people together, keep them connected. And that's what we did. We hosted about 20 events last year. And our biggest one was Shred the Trend, um, which raises awareness on veteran suicide. And we're going to be doing that again in June. Uh, It'll be June 4th. And we don't have the exact location yet. We're hoping to do it at the one we did last year in Paula. 
Um, but what that does is it raises funds for the nonprofit Six Feet Above, which I'm a part of as well. What's Six Feet Above? So Six Feet Above is a 501c3 charitable organization that connects and supports veterans to skateboarding as a way to uh, use it as a therapy to reduce stress and anxiety and symptoms of post-traumatic nice. stress. Benji, you're awesome, man. You and Angel, I'm so glad. Yeah, you know, our, amazing. Our, our executive director for Orange County Gun Owners uh, hooked us up with you guys. Steve Mills, you know Steve? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. great guy. So glad he did. You guys are fascinating. I definitely want to continue to do more with you guys. I, I could seriously sit here and talk to you for about another three hours. Um, but, but give your but website we so people can. Yeah, if, if you want to get a skateboard or apparel, it's thrashandraid.com, and that's thrashandraid.com. And then for uh, donating to Six Feet Above, we are 501c3, so it's tax deductible, and that's sixfeetabove.org. And six is spelled out S-I-X and then feet. Dot, um, or, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's exactly. easy for you to yeah. say. <laughs> Do you and Angel ever get into it over who's better, Marsak? Or- oh, here we go. No, you know, Angel and I are, are great <laughs> friends. Uh, I'm a better skater, though. I beat him in skate. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, that was Gun Owners Radio. Bob Siegel's in the wings. Don't touch that dial. This is FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.